folks, it's Devon Dave here. Welcome to the second episode of my brand new first ever season of my podcasts. This episode, we're going to be talking about the weather. I've just ran a 10k, so we'll probably be talking about that. We're going to be talking about ferrets. And to end the show, we're going to talk about bacon and cheese turnovers. Right, so the weather, God, what is going on? One minute we've got bright, beautiful blue skies and lovely sunshine, and then the next minute it's like it is right now, absolutely peeing it down. But to be honest, it's been far too dry for April, and we need this weather if I'm honest. So I think it's going to do the ground good. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's definitely going to do the ground good. It's one of the driest Aprils I've known of since I've been alive. I know we had that really, really hot May last year, right in the middle of the lockdown. When I started out doing these podcasts, I was going to try and not talk about COVID, but it's really difficult because it plays a big part in our lives now. I didn't really want to bring it up, but to talk about briefly the, that lockdown when we had the beautiful weather in uh, May last year. And now we've got this, but but to be honest, like I said, we need this weather. So I think it's going to do the ground good. In a good week of it, if I'm honest, because that ground is just far too dry. You know, I've been watering mother's bloody plants back in April. That's unheard of. You don't water plants in April, not normally. You know, and that and that wind we had the other night, cool, that was bloody blowing up my bed sheets. That was, God bugger. But anyway. That's enough about the weather, really. I wanted to talk about ferrets, really. Uh, there's probably a lot of people that don't know, well, most people know and most people don't know, that I breed and keep ferrets. I've had ferrets for probably, well, most of my life, really. And when I was a boy, I went to an agricultural show and I bought a, uh, I bought a Jill, which is a female ferret, and the males we call Hobbs. But So I bought this Jill off this chap called Terry Mole. He breeds ferrets. He's quite a big ferret breeder, actually. He breeds them out a place called South Molden. Very old place that is, probably out of the sticks there, on the way to Barnstable. So he's got a fair old operation out there. He's got several, oh, I'd say he's got about 100 odd ferrets out there. He rescues a lot, and then he does ferret racing as well at local agricultural shoots. Something I tried to get into just before COVID started. But the trouble was, what happened was COVID got in the way of that, so I didn't really take off on my ferret racing. But you never know, I might do one in August down at the Lamb Inn. That's where I work, I work at the Lamb. Anyway, yeah, so back to ferrets. Yeah, so I bought this Jill off Terry at an agriculture show. I must have been 10 at the time. And uh, then my cousin had a ferret, and then my brother had a ferret. And then a girl I was going out with, her brother had two ferrets. And then I put one of my ferrets with his, and now I'm where I am now. I've got, well, this is probably the lowest number I've had. I've got about 11 mixed, yeah, about 11 ferrets, mixture of Jules and Hobbs. I've got a couple on loan, actually, so maybe I've got, maybe I've got 14, actually. Well, I don't know, something like that. I've had, most I've ever had is probably about 50. I had 50 at one time, yeah, Christ, those were the days when I used to breed and sell a lot. I used to go down Havley Market, I used to sell, sell them for about fiver. God, one time I sold a ferret at Havley Market for near on 25 quid. 
back up people talking there then. it was a lovely silver silverback um, hob that was beautiful ferret he was anyway yeah so ferrets really so kind of play a big part in my life like I wouldn't say I do too much with them now but they have done over the years and it's also that time of year now with ferrets it's kind of it's their breeding time so the males you've got to separate them from the gills really because well unless you want to breed best time for like breeding is about now really this is their breeding time so their breeding time kind of starts between oh it's sort of like it could be march and then it'll end like end of the summer like august really most of the gills will come into season like early march with um, the climate changing a lot nowadays i've heard of some gills coming in and like beginning of february but mine have only come in in the last month really but so anyway if you want to breed yeah then you'll get a hob and you'll put them in a box you want a small box really you don't want it in too much space because that hob is going to drag that gel around and essentially it's going to be real rough and violent for us so the smaller because they don't have much say in it these poor gels it's all down to the hob you know he'll jump on the back of her and bite right into her neck there and scruff her up and then you know do his business and the interesting thing about a hobs with it is it's got a little hook on it and that little hook when it goes inside we call the the female vagina we call the vulva when it goes inside the vulva it hooks on like when dogs tie a bit like that so once he's latched on and he's got his little hook in there he's good to go and then gestation period on a jill is not very long at all about four weeks so in four weeks time she could have anything from eight to fifteen kits in the litter so we call the youngsters kits so yeah so these poor old jills yeah they don't have much say when it comes to mating but so if you're not going to mate you need to split them all up really so what i tend to do is i tend to put all put all my hobs separate so they're all on their own because if you keep them together the trouble of a hob he will literally shag anything in his sight even his mate so you've got to be a bit mean and put them all like you know put them all on their own because otherwise they really will fight and draw blood from each other it gets quite violent ferret mating can be Sometimes, you know, the Jill, if she wants to, she will let the hob mate her. But a lot of the time, those poor old Jills really don't have much say. So this year, I'm probably not going to breed this year. A guy that's got a couple of my ferrets, he wanted to put some new blood into his. So he's got a couple of my Jills. He's probably going to breed. So if he has, I might give him a call and see if I can get a couple youngsters off him. But I bred probably i bred about six kits last year what did i have i had a couple jills and i had about four hobs out of them um yeah they're doing all right i've got a mixture really and a couple polecats out of that and a few albinos various different colors in ferrets you can get obviously you get your polecats you get your albinos you get your sandies you get your silvers a few people have just made up colors like your blueies they call them depends really most of my ferrets are um, a mix i've got one sandy but she's quite old now i've got a lot of albinos and i've got a couple polecats i did have a year a couple years back i had this european polecat um got a wild they are they're like yeah they're tough ferrets they are they're hard to handle the trouble with a ferret the more like if you don't handle it enough then it'll turn nasty but the more you handle him 
it will be your friend, you know. So you've got to look after them, and they've got to handle them a lot, especially the kits. You want to, I'll be picking kits up at like probably four, four week old, really. You sell them at eight if you want. I don't know what the price of a ferret is now, but because I haven't sold any for years, but back in the day, or a bit while now, I was selling them for probably five, ten pounds each. Depends, really. So, yeah, right. I'm going to try and make these episodes like 10 minutes. So I've got a couple minutes left. I don't want to go on too long. But maybe in some other episodes I'll talk more about ferrets. So I've just done this 10k down Slapton. Um, near a place called Bee Sands on the South Devon coastline. I was quite into my sort of trail running. It was a trail run. Something I've sort of like got into in the last couple of years. So I've just done this trail run. It's only a 10k. I want, I'm not quite ready to do a half. It's quite tough these trail runs. It's all around the coastline of like Slapton and Bee Sands, South Devon coastline. Lovely lighthouse there. Hard going, mine. Bloody hard going. One thing that caught my eye today doing that run, I know the weather was shite and it was blowing all over the place. And God, it blew me off the side of the cliff at one point. But it was a raven. Oh, I haven't seen a raven in a very long time. This huge bloody raven, like a condor, just flew in in front of me. I picked this baby bunny up right off the ground, ripped it right out of the ground. Squeezing in his mouth and he dropped him and he caught him again and then he literally just ripped him out. Quite violent but amazing to see when you're running a 10k, huffing and puffing, but yeah. So um, I'm going to end the show today. I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, she was going on about how good a bacon and cheese turnover is. I don't know about you guys, but bacon and cheese turnovers. Yeah, just thinking about them. Like, obviously there is nothing good in them, but I just wanted to talk for a couple minutes, or for like a minute, about a bacon and cheese turnover. Like, it's just, it's one of those pastries. Is it better than a pasty? Personally, I think it is better than a pasty. And also the ones they do, you get the breakfast ones, and then you go and credit Ice Street there, you go and Oliver's, and you get you get a sausage and beans in there. Oh bloody oh that is lovely, that is. That's a breakfast turnover. But the bacon and cheese ones, I tell you what, a few years back I used to eat those daily, but definitely not now. Just talking about them that makes you want to get one. Well, the trouble is with these pastries, you've got to get them early in the morning, haven't you? You know, if you try and go in the bakers now, they'll be shut or in the afternoon, all the fat people have been in there in Baltimore, basically. Oh, I shouldn't really say that, but yeah. People that like pastries have gone and scoffed them all. Especially the pasties, you've got to get in there early, you? and get a good old pasty, like late in the morning, as soon as that baker opens, really. Anyway, so, we're going to end my episode now today, and uh, I've been quite busy, really. I should have, was going to do an episode earlier on in the week. I'm just something I've just started, really, these podcasts. So, probably start on them. Um, episode three beginning on probably monday we'll see how it goes really i'm gonna do a couple of week uh, but yeah so stay tuned for episode three i hope you've all enjoyed this 10 minute or 11 minute episode episode two of my brand new podcast this is devon dave i'll see you soon <laughs>